tees off. Shoots it deflected. Right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Stastny stopped by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Even if Peter Stastny. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him. As Frankie Sparkly. Now that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Stastny. He should get 5-10 to 10 for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host, Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I talked to the man behind the vintage goalie brand, Matt. But before I talk to Matt, let's take a short break. Hey everybody, Joe here for Anchor, the podcast provider. Here's all you really need to know. One, it's free, and two, Tendy Talk uses it. Anchor has features for your podcast like voicemail and listener support that's all available free through the Anchor app or through anchor.fm. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your episodes easily from your phone or computer. Then Anchor does the hard work of distributing your episode through all the major podcast distributors. That is after you've registered with them, of course. You can also make money for your podcast. I know I will try and do so, so that I can cover simple costs like website hosting. There is no minimum listenership required for you to start earning, so you can start right away. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the show. Matt, thanks for joining me and uh, being on the podcast. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Joe. How are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, we're recording on a Friday, and here in Minnesota, we're having a little bit of an Indian summer, so uh, yeah. I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's crazy weather. It's uh, for November. I mean, this is bizarre, but we'll take it for sure. Yeah, it's it's a great weekend to get the Christmas lights up. <laughs> yes, actually, you're right. Yeah, yes. we'll be doing... We'll be doing a bit of the, maybe not the lights, but we'll be getting the the boards finished and getting the tarp down and all that good stuff. So yeah, our neighborhood Facebook group. Uh, somebody said on there, you know, it's 2020. Let's just put the lights up this weekend and turn them on. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it just something about them just calms everybody. You know, in a normal yeah. year, wait till Thanksgiving, but this year, turn them on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've been hearing that too. I'm a big Christmas guy, and yep, and yeah, I've been hearing that. You know what? Let's just get the. Uh, good vibes going yeah we, we've been doing that as well in our house uh where i work uh from uh for the home office i've got the nativity scene behind me and i'm still fairly new in my current role and one of my coworkers goes uh do you always have the nativity scene behind you or have you already started decorating? <laughs> and I started awesome, laughing. <laughs> I think it's great. Don't, don't take it down. Keep that going. No, That's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I want to get started and ask, you know, how did you get started in hockey? You know, when I look on the website, you know, you, your parents didn't skate. You know, it's not the typical story of, you know, the older brother or dad. So how, how did you get uh, started in the game of hockey? Sure. Other than being a Canadian. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it, it, it's you're right. I didn't take the, the normal path that most uh, Canadian kids take. But, uh, you know, for me, I, um, I grew up in a home where hockey wasn't big. Uh, we had one television in the house and, and hockey was not going to be watched. So I, um, I had a, a childhood friend who lived down the road. And he, he came from a hockey family and, and he played hockey. He played organized hockey. His dad played in the men's league. So hockey was always going on in their home. And um, so you probably remember the satellite dishes back in the 90s. Yep. 
So he, his dad used to record all of the old, um, all of the Oilers games because he was a Gretzky fan. So Saturday mornings, I used to go to his house. We'd go down to the basement and we'd watch recorded games of Gretzky and Fuhr and the Oilers. And then when Gretzky got, tra- got traded to L.A., it was the same thing. Like we, we watched all that uh, in his basement. And, and, and so he, because he was from a hockey family, uh, he went to all his hockey games, and I always bugged to go with him. I loved to go. I'd be in the stands watching him play, and and just to be in the you know in the arena and the smell, and oh, I just I loved it. I loved it as a kid. So I kind of I guess I lived it through him because I I didn't yeah. have that opportunity. You know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and that just wasn't a priority. And um, but one thing for sure, uh, we played a ton of hockey. Yep. That's for sure. Uh, whether it was at our place or at uh, his house, we played a lot of road hockey. So, yeah. So, that's, so that, I guess that's where, that's where it started for me. Um, I don't know how far you want me to go. There's, there's quite a bit. but Yeah, I'll, uh, well, t- how did you um, wind up as a goaltender then? Because you know? most people, it's either dad played or the, the siblings uh, threw you in net. Or, you know, so how, yeah. how is it that, you know, you wound up in goal on top of not coming from the traditional hockey household. Yeah, I, I guess I just, uh, I mean, every time we played to me, there was something about being in the net and stopping the, the puck or the ball that to me, there was just this, this, uh, this, this, this great moment of coming up as the hero as, as the kid. And I just love to be in that spot. And um, I can remember uh, my, my earliest memory, I think going back to watching the pros was again at my friend's house and I remember watching, um, there was an Islanders game that we had recorded, that had been recorded and we were watching it. And it was Kelly Rudy with the Islanders. And I'll never forget, and this is going to sound funny, but I was like, I, I was born in the, the mid seventies. So I'm kind of an eighties kid, but I remember the first time Kelly lifted up that Jofa bucket and he had that amazing flow with the bandana. Yes. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I was sold like that did it for me. And, uh, so I actually, anytime I played after that, I wore a bandana. And yeah. I didn't have the great flow that Kelly had, but I definitely had the bandana. And, and again, you know, it was a, that whole persona, right? Like the equipment, the mask, and Kelly with the hair and the bandana. There was just like, as a, as a young kid, like that was just the coolest thing. There was yeah. nothing cooler than that for me. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the bandana because uh, that finals against Montreal, and he had that blue bandana sticking out the back, and you bet I had a blue bandana going after that. <laughs> um, right on. So yeah, I I think it was a. Go ahead. I, no, I I was gonna just transition, but I I think you were I think I know where you were going with that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's amazing how many people I've talked to that uh, that wore bandanas because of him. It's quite funny. Yeah, it was the bandana because of him, and then uh, so many of us had the the uh, batting glove or the golf glove because of guys like Eddie Belfour. Uh, oh, we didn't yeah. know why the hell we were wearing it, but uh, it, <laughs> yeah. it was just like them. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can remember taking uh, slap shots with, well, if we'd play in the rain and yeah. I can remember getting like, like a tennis ball, a soaking wet tennis ball, getting those in the thighs and in the legs and in the stomach. Like I didn't wear much stuff. We had yeah. a, a street mask with a baseball glove and that was yep. basically it. Yeah. Th- those and, uh, old plastic Milek. Uh, yep. Yep. 
pads yeah, were fond you, memories. Yeah. How we didn't break our toes wearing those things. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, the, the good old days. You knew you were a goalie by the bruises. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, uh, started playing road hockey like most kids you know the, yeah. the Wayne's World route uh, when did you start playing ice hockey so that wasn't until much later so so as a kid as I grew older um, I kind of fought to get you know ownership of the TV you know I we had a bunch of siblings there was four of us in the house and so I started to watch a lot more hockey obviously as I grew older and and um, you know it wasn't until the late 90s um, when I moved to Ottawa that uh, that I played ice hockey for the like a, an actual organized game for the first time. How and, old were um, you? Sorry, I would have been. I was in my mid twenties, early to mid twenties, and uh, I tell you, it was awesome. I remember there was a night. It, it sort of started that night. I got in the car. I can remember it like it was yesterday. My uh, it was a what year was it? A, anyways, I think it was a '96 Golf or Rabbit, whatever it was, and I went out. And I was, I noticed in the city of Ottawa here, because in Hamilton, I just got to say, there wasn't a lot of outdoor rinks because mm-hmm. the temperature didn't stay you know, cold enough for there to be a lot of outdoor rinks. We yeah. had one arena, it was called the Hamilton Arena. And that's where we went like on class trips, we'd go skating there. And that's where all the hockey- Watch the Mustangs. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where all the hockey was played in Hamilton. And, and so um, anyway, so when I moved to Ottawa, I remember going out one night, it was a winter night, I'm driving around in the car and just kind of getting to know the city. And I noticed there's all these, you know, uh, at, at the arena, at the outdoor, like the, the ballpark, the ball diamonds, there's all these lights on at night. I'm like, what's going on? Well, it turns out there's all this outdoor hockey going on. Yep. Well, I, I was, I was dying. Like it was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. And uh, I don't know if it was the next day, but it was pretty close. I put an ad in classified uh, looking for uh, used goalie equipment and really really quick within a day or two I, I get a phone call from this elderly woman who put it who responded to my ad she's like come to my house she's like you can have all of my son's gear and it was a garbage bag full and it was a a, a dr a blocker a brown blocker which I, I still have today um there was a gm 21 cooper i still have today uh old cooper pads uh, a player helmet so i i did the combo i wore yeah. that and uh and so i i just ended up going from rink to rink and just playing outside that that's where it started for me. And, and I, then it went crazy I, after that. Like I, and I wasn't married at this time. So <laughs> after that, it was, uh, I was playing three, four nights a week. I was playing a ton and, um, and I was living out, I guess you could say I was living out my childhood dream, just something I couldn't do as a kid. And now I was doing it. Yeah. And, and still today, like it's been a while since I've played because of COVID, but Still today, man, like, like yourself and many others, I get out on the rink and I'm just a big kid out there. I just love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I, I think that's what I love about the game is once you hit that ice, it just brings you back to a time of innocence, yeah. uh, pre-cell phones, pre-social media. It's just like, uh, this is where it's at, especially when you're outdoors and it starts snowing. Oh, dude, that, that for me, like playing outside under the lights with a bunch of guys, Late yep. night shinny, that is that to me is gold. Yeah, yeah in fact, the, the shirt I'm wearing right now is from the playground puck tournament I played in uh here in St. Paul um last January where it was just an outdoor rink. Awesome. Uh the guys that are doing the for the love of puck um documentary put it on. And oh. uh it was just that that's the whole idea. It's just a bunch of people getting together that love the game and 
Uh, well, you live in a great part of the world there because Minnesota's, I mean, there's it's tons and tons and tons of hockey, a lot of passionate yeah. hockey fans there. Absolutely. You know, if it's not a frozen pond, it's a frozen rink in somebody's backyard or like the yeah. Groveland uh, Park that this tournament was at. They have two rinks set up in the middle of the park with boards and chain link fence behind the nets. Then they yeah. have a skating oval all the way around these two rinks and like an open skate area to the side of that in a little area they call the pond for pond hockey. And they have a Zamboni that goes out every hour and just cleans the whole thing. Oh man. I'm, I'm visualizing that. I want to be there. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and it's just, it's all run by volunteers. Oh, that's special. Yeah. It's, that's uh, special. it's something else. So, you know, you, you got into it, into the position a little bit later in life, but you, yep. you've made it a passion. And from what I've seen on social media turned into a, you know, pretty good beer league goalie, uh, <laughs> which I, I think the uh, the definition of a good beer league goalie is one that shows up uh, reliably. <laughs> Doesn't yes. matter how many pucks we stop. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think that's what my team loves most about me is that I show up all the time. And if for some reason I can't, I find my own replacement. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. And, and you know, man, I, I've been following you for a while and, and you've done a great job. And in this, this podcast, I think I, I wanted to say it at the beginning. Congrats, you know, to you. Kudos. Well done. Um, you're, you're the right guy for it. And uh, and I just want to say I'm happy for you. I, I appreciate that. I, I got to give my wife the kudos for uh, giving me the the confidence to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Something I've been thinking about for a while. And all of a sudden, she just kind of gave me the kick in the backside and said, just do it already. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's great. You know, so through social media, I, I've learned that you're a graphic designer by trade. Um, when, when did you start to get that artistic bug? Uh, uh, because I, I think a lot of us that are artistic get it young. I, I know I did because my grandfather, who I never met, um, he was an old school graphic artist, you know, uh, in the day of pens and pencils and drafting boards. So, Did, did, did you inherit any of his old drafting tools? Uh, yeah, I have his... I don't know if they were, yeah, it was his um, compass set. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. I love um, that stuff. And he, he actually had a deal with the Chicago Tribune. He was going to have a Sunday comic. Um, oh. And he found out uh, a week later that uh, he had terminal cancer. So it never oh. ran in the paper, but we have one of the surviving strips, you know, nice big artboard. So that's, that's actually kind of cool. It was about his time in the war. Oh, that is special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so how, how did you get the bug for art? Well, that, that's, uh, that's something I, I had since I was little, uh, you know, honestly, I, um, I wasn't your scholastic kid. Like <laughs> I, I loved to draw when I was little and I can remember like my mom, cause apparently my, my grandfather, I didn't know him very well, but he was a painter and and so my mom grew up watching him. And so she thinks I got a bit of you know, his skills, but she, she used to really encourage me, you know, uh, to, to, to go with it. Um, and I can remember going into little competitions at grade school and, and I was all about drawing realism. I love to mm -hmm. draw like birds and turtles and just creatures and, yeah. but all high realism. I loved it. And really it's, it was really the only thing I was good at. Like I, th I go through all of grade school and high school and yeah, I did well enough to, to get by. I really did. And it was fine. But, but when it came to drawing, um, that was, that was for me sort of an escape, I guess. And, mm -hmm. and I love to create and that's, that hasn't gone away. So I've been drawing since I was a kid. Uh, I still have old sketch pads and, 
And then what happened was, is uh, probably, uh, well, it was uh, mid-90s. Um, I knew for sure I wanted to pursue a passion in, or pursue a, sorry, a career in, um, in design. So I went to Sheridan College in, in Oakville, Ontario. And um, I was there for almost five years. And, and uh, it was a tough, tough program. Like they, they tried to almost weed out, you know, those who really aren't yep. committed. And so I was pretty, pretty into that and hardcore. And so I stuck through it. And, and I'm glad I did. And I, I came out of there and uh, I got some great, uh, great jobs coming out of there. And, and, and now I do freelance. I've been doing freelance design, graphic design, just about any kind of design uh, for, I don't know, close to 30 years now, I guess. That's amazing. Uh, I know quite a few freelance artists and the good ones that they, they can make a decent living off of it because yep. they're, they're good. Uh, yeah. a, a, they can charge the prices they charge because they're good, but B, because they're good, they keep getting the business. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So at what point did you decide? So I kind of put the two together. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, at what point did you put the two together of hockey and the design and, you know, sure. go that route? I mean, that's, I'm guessing, when the vintage goalie brand came about. Yeah, it was funny. I was, um, I think I may have it up on my website, but I I was sitting at um, in the kitchen. It was um, around a year ago, or sorry, around, well, I, I don't know how long it's been now. It was 2014, so um six years ago this december and uh i was a, sitting in the kitchen a year ago that's goalie math <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it was uh i was just sitting there at the kitchen sketching one night and i thought you know i've been doing logos for a lot of other companies and brands for a long time it's time to do one for myself and and but but during that time i had also been just taking random photos of my gear because i'm like you and probably like a lot of goalies we don't get rid of our stuff right right we keep everything, you know, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll find a hiding place to, to stash our stuff. And yep. so I, I've never let anything go. And so I started taking pictures of stuff and then I thought, you know, I got all these photos. Why don't I make a, a Facebook page and for anybody that wants to scroll through them. So the Facebook page was called the vintage goalie and it was just photos that I've taken of my gear and, and, um, and that, and around that same time, that was in December 20, uh, 2014, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do a logo. So I drew the, the flying mask. I wanted to draw something that I wouldn't have to change again. Because I believe when it comes to branding, you've got to kind of stick with, yep. with your brand and stick with the, your look and don't confuse the audience, right? The Chicago Bulls, same logo for their entire existence. R- right, right. So I, I drew that and um, spent a couple hundred bucks and had, you know, 30 shirts made and Gave them to friends and goalies and, and buddies of mine. And and then it just sort of grew from there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I ended up doing this sort of online order where someone could, you know, I had one shirt. I had a black shirt with a flying mask and they could put an order in and, and it was all very manual. And again, I thought nothing of it at the time. I was just selling it to anybody that wanted it. And it just sort of from there. Yep. Um, yeah. And the, the logo is fantastic. You know, it, it's got that captures that essence of the old goalie with the, the mask and the wings. Oh. And it, if I'm being honest, it's that's the logo that had me start thinking when I started my Instagram account, like, Hey, what do I call myself? So I want yeah. to poke fun at myself a little bit. That's where the washed up goalie part came from. And it's like, I, cool. I want a decent logo. So uh, my son was working on a uh, photography 
advancement for Cub Scouts and came to one of my games and took some really blurry pictures. Um, but I had a decent silhouette of my stance. So I just, in Illustrator, did what I could with it. And then I, I, I've always loved the Cooper font and just threw it together. And, but it was kind of your logo that gave me the inspiration to come up with a brand of sorts um, and go from there. Cool. Um, well, it's, it's a great brand. I was, I was on your website the other day looking at your products, man. You've, you've expanded and it's, it's going really well. Yeah, you know, it's um, for the products, that's simply using a threadless store where it's uh, pretty much a drag and drop and they do the fulfillment. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's uh, just an opportunity to, if, if I can get a few bucks to pay for web hosting, that's, that's my goal. And, and you're having fun, right? Because that's what's most yeah, important. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I even forget I have them out there sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think what's really cool about uh, the brand Vintage Goalies, I've seen a number of goalies with it on, whether it be pro goalies, uh, retired NHL goalies, to I was at a local uh, hamburger shop here in uh, White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and saw some guy with his vintage goalie hat on and just kind of oh. gave him the nod like there you go bud you know it's oh. it's uh, you know, I think it, something that resonates with a lot of goalies yeah it's crazy when I hear stories like that it, it just it's crazy I, I I um yeah I still think it's just nuts in fact I've actually never bumped into anyone wearing my stuff ever <laughs> until it was last year I was at a public pool in Ottawa and there's a guy I saw wearing my shirt and I went up and it turns out it's uh, he's, he does local radio here in Ottawa and I got talking with them and it was a weird thing to see. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really humbled by it. You know, I, when I started this, this, I never had an intention to turn it into something and I still don't have a, like I hear people sometimes they ask me the question, you know, what's your five year plan? What's your 10 year yeah. plan? I don't have a plan. I'm, I'm just going along here and, and just, uh, just having fun with it. And I, you know, my, my goal all the time is, I think, I guess what's most important for me is that, you know, there is so much rich content, so many great stories that are buried away in books, uh, hockey cards, magazines, mm -hmm. there's so much great content. And unfortunately, a lot of that is disappearing, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's always been my goal to sort of keep that at the surface because we as the goalie union have such a rich history. And uh, especially for the younger generation to sort of, you know, let them know, expose to them what, what we were exposed to and what got us excited. And so I try to get that out there. And it's really neat too when I see young kids or, or you know, parents ordering stuff for their kids and yep. it, it blows my mind. It's super cool. Yeah. And I, I think it's fun sometimes too, uh, when us older goalies get on the ice with the younger goalie and they, they see the equipment, you know, we're still wearing it. <laughs> I, I was at a skate um, last summer. I got there early and there was a high school team getting on the ice that was short of goalie. So the coach kind of looked at me and goes, you want some extra ice time and shots? And I said, sure, but I'm not doing sprints at the end. Right. And we're standing mid ice, listening to the next drill. And the high school kid kind of looks behind me and goes, what's with all those straps? You know, like, <laughs> he, just, he wasn't used to, but it was just kind of fun talking to him about equipment. He just thought it was the, oh. the weirdest thing to see that kind of stuff. He's like, I've, see anybody wear that right yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know i i'm in while well, i'm thinking of it on your instagram uh page the other day you had a picture of what 
we believe is a Northland bucket. Um, yes. And you put the, the cage on there. And as soon as I saw it, I smiled because one of my recent guests was my um, college goalie coach. And he oh, played, okay. he played uh, high school hockey in Minnesota here in the 70s. And I don't know if he can see it very oh. well. I listened but he to had, that. Yes. He had what looked oh, no like kidding. that kidding. He's got a Northland. I yes. never noticed that. With the uh, HM, uh, what was it, the HM50 cage on there. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, it, I just did that for fun. I wanted to see if it fit. I'm always kind of tinkering to see what fits with what. So, yeah, that's great. I'm going to go back and take a look at that. Not too often <laughs> you see that, those, uh, the, 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 the HM30 and the, and the bucket together. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I saw that. I'm like, that's exactly what Donnie wore. <laughs> that's great. And I don't know if I would step on the ice with that. And I wore the uh, Hashi helmet in college for a while. <laughs> the, the Cooper. Yeah. 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 That, that was, uh, God, I, I loved wearing that helmet for the, uh, how light it was and the mobility yep. and the vision. Yeah. But the safety, no, I, I'm smart enough now never to, go on the ice uh, with people that can shoot with that again. <laughs> um, you know, isn't it funny though, eh, when you look, oh, I was just going to say, isn't it funny though, when you look back, cause when I look back at what I used to wear too, I think, Whoa, what's I thinking? Like, yeah. Like I was wearing hardly anything, but you know, what's funny uh, just this past winter. So I guess it's coming up to a year ago. I got out of my, I was wearing a, a Bauer uh, chest protector. It was the one, 100 Supreme one, 100. Mm-hmm. And it was big. It was huge. And I, I never wore anything big, like on upper, on upper body. And I, I always, for the longest time, always felt restricted. You know, it would always kind of push mm-hmm. up and hit my, my dangler or my mask. It always kind of drove me crazy. And, you know, I, I finally got rid of it. And I went yeah. out and I bought, I went to play it against sports here in Ottawa. And I bought, uh, it was an iTech Profile 4.8 chest protector. I mean, there's hardly any protection on it. But that's what I used to wear years ago. Yep. And when I played, I guess, the walls beginning of this year, oh, it was so good because I could finally move again. And I, I guess I'm, I'm at the point where I'm willing to take a few stingers just to be able to, yep. to move and, and to get my arms in tight again and sort of feel my equipment, you know. I, I don't know. That's, I've gone back to that. Less equipment for me is for a little better. That, that makes so much sense to me because I'm still wearing a 20-year-old Brian's Air Elite chest protector where yeah. it's close to the body. Like you said, it's yep. not very high up on the shoulders, but the arms, I have great mobility with them. And sure. even when I had that chest protector brand new in college, some of my teammates had some of the bigger bulk here because this was in the days of Garth Snow where his uh, <laughs> floaters came up past his ears. Right. And they were restricted in their mobility. They could bring their arms up, you know, almost like John McCain trying to raise his arms. But to me, that that didn't fit my game, and I I, I like that. But then again, my first chest protector was a two piece <laughs> from the seventies. So yes, um, yeah. you know, I, I think what I wear now is you know pretty pretty impressive. <laughs> you still have your two piece? No, that was a, an association uh, piece of equipment. Oh, of so okay. uh, yeah, I, I gladly gave that back after going to a uh, pickup skate when I was still a squirt, and there was a high school kid took a slap shot and just hit right here on the shoulder and that oh. actually sent me to the uh, doctor really? um, to see okay. if something was damaged. And the doctor goes, no, not, nothing's wrong. It's going to be sore for a while, but I don't want you wearing that piece of equipment anymore. <laughs> so then my dad was, just, ah, that was our first uh, road trip to the North side of Chicago to the uh, famous hockey shop Gunzo's for my first piece of equipment. Oh, cool. Uh, 
cool. I I got a I got a glove a long time ago with the it's it's an old Cooper brown glove and it's got the Gunzo stamp on it. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about Gunzos and then I got reading about it and and find out they're a retailer and they got a long long history. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember seeing for a while they had Darren Pang's uh, game worn pads sitting up there, and awesome. I mean when I was going there as a squirt, I, I was wearing bigger pads than him already, <laughs> <laughs> and I was a short fella. Um, uh, you know, and, and I think that's a good transition. Talking equipment is uh, recently on Instagram, you, you shared the short version of how you got started at iTech. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the longer version? Oh man, it's really long, but. Uh, I won't, I won't get into all of it, but you know, I, um, at that time in my life, I had actually lost my job. Uh, I was in, uh, the high tech, not high tech. I was in the yeah. high tech industry doing drafting. Um, that was my, was coming out of college. That was one of my skill sets. And so I was doing drafting and anyways, I lost my job that the company went under. It wasn't a good time for the high tech industry here in yeah. Ottawa. And anyway, um, so I was out of work. And, you know, every night in the, in the room there, the, the spare room, my wife and I were newly married too. We'd only been married a couple of years. And, you know, I was raised pretty old school, like get food on the table, man. You got to get out there, get working. So same here. You too, eh? And, you know, so I had a few jobs sort of on the go and, but my wife, you know, she said, Matt, you're, 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 you know, you got to get back drawn again. You got to get back to what you loved creating. And, so I really needed that boost. And you shared earlier about your wife getting you to do the podcast. We need them, don't we? We need our wives. Yeah. Man. They're awesome they know it's best for us. <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. So much wisdom. And she, uh, she really encouraged me. And so I'd, I'd spend night after night on, uh, you know, different job sites. And until one night I see this one that said goalie developer at iTech. Well, I fell off my chair and I'm, re- cause I'm reading the job description. I'm like, holy smoke. Can you imagine like having that as a job? And and so, um, anyways, I applied, um, and my portfolio was actually looking for, and if I find it, I'll post the pictures. I actually drew some pads and drew my own graphics and as part of my portfolio. And anyway, got the interview, I get into the building and there was a crazy, crazy snowstorm leading up to that interview. In fact, uh, the guy, the, 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 the hiring manager called me that morning from Quebec. So this is about an hour and a half down the road mm-hmm. said, Matt, don't come in for the interview you know, we've got this crazy storm, you know, look out your window, don't come. It's not worth it. I said, I will be there. I said, you know, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. So (laughs) my wife and I got in her little Honda Civic and the snow was so deep and not even plowed that morning. I think it was like hitting the bumper, you know, on the way there. (laughs) Anyways, I'm in my suit and my boots and we, we get there. A couple of cars are in the ditch on the way there. Like it was just this crazy drive, but I was not going to miss this opportunity. Yep. And, um, I get in there, change into my dress shoes in the car, get in there and there's no one in the building. He's, he's, <laughs> he, he, the, he's there, the hiring manager and some people from HR, but that was it. Everyone else, I think it was a snow day. Nobody's there. Yeah. And um, I get into the pro shop where they got like the prodigies hanging on the wall, the X wings and all their masks, right? I tech, that was their thing, right? All their masks. And I am just like, I'm like at Disney world and I'm yep. dying. So I sit down and have the interview. The interview goes really well. And, um, anyways, I drive home. My wife's like, well, how'd it go? I said, well, I put my, put my best foot forward and, and, uh, you know, it's up to God now and, and we're going to leave it in his hands. And, and so, um, it was a couple of days later, I was back working at the time there and my phone rings. Uh, actually I was, I had a flip phone <laughs> and I'm sitting in the car and the phone rings 
And I, I, I called my wife back. I said, you're not going to believe this. I got it. So we pack our bags. We move to Quebec. And, um, and uh, just, I can remember my first day. They bring me into my new office. That's me. And there's another guy. There's two guys in it. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the goalie room. That's what we call yeah. it. The goalie room. And there's pads everywhere and masks everywhere. And they show me my desk. And I just, again, it's like pinched me, right? It was like a dream. And um, anyway, so I was there for, uh, I guess it was two and a half years. And then uh, Nike Bauer came along and, and acquired, acquired them. And that was, that was a hard day. I mean, I was excited and privileged, you know, fortunate right. to be one of only a small handful of guys that went on uh, to work at Bauer. But, um, but it was, it was a sad day because iTech was a real good brand. And, and yeah, it what, was, you know, growing up as a kid, I don't know what it was like in Minnesota, but when I was young, in, in you know grade school high school like iTech was a family company it just had that a great reputation mm-hmm. and so it was a sad day but anyways I was told listen Bauer's going to be good for you Bauer's got some great um, got a great R&D facility up there in St. Jerome and so I went up there and uh, I, I got really into the masks actually and less on the, the protective so iTech I did everything there was a lot of you know chest pants we, you know, uh, mask, uh, pads, block, catch. We kind of did a bit of everything because it was a small company. It was mm-hmm. Ma and Pa. It was very small. So you wore lots of hats. And um, and then, uh, but I t- uh, Bauer was was more uh, uh, very R&D focused, which was really cool. So I got working in, uh, uh, in R&D specific on the masks. So that's when the, uh, I always want to say the Enemy 7, but it was the Envy 7 uh, was, was their mask that came out. And um um, anyway, and that, I believe that was a transition. It started at iTech and went to, to Bauer, but it was the, the mask. And, and so I started working there and yeah, I was there for another couple of years. Uh, again, mostly working in masks. I got to work with uh, Dave Art, which was really cool. That's how when I met Dave. Yeah. So Dave was doing all of iTech's designs. Right. And, uh, I can remember at iTech when I first got on the phone with Dave, I thought I was like, again, pinch me. I'm talking to Dave Art here. How cool is this? Yep. And, yeah. I remember well, he was, he was at the NHL fan experience when it was in Minnesota. And I remember yeah. waiting in line for the, see the Stanley cup with my nephew. And there he was before he was what he is today. And he was just sitting there working on a mask. And I was awesome. just sitting there. It's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great guy. Like the yeah. most meek and mild, just a wonderful, wonderful yep. person. He's a great friend. And I also got to meet, because iTech, as you know, the, 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 the 960, 961, that was their thing. And, that was their Cadillac, and and so they had Dave Art, and they also had uh, Frank Cipra. Mm-hmm. I got to meet the legend Frank Cipra, another incredible individual, super talented. Um, so yeah, a lot of great memories at iTech. Bauer was also great, wonderful people. I still have friends there today. I can't say enough about that organization. Uh, a wonderful group there, and they're making some pretty amazing products. So yeah, yeah it's been absolutely. a it was great. Yeah, now. You got to work on some great things. I remember you showed the X-Wing uh, blocker, and that that line was one iTech line I wore. I wore it once because I was coaching high school hockey, and one of our goalies had it, and cool. he didn't show up for practice one day, and we're like, we need another goalie. So luckily, we were about the same size, and I threw his stuff on, and uh, it's the most modern set of equipment I've ever worn still yep. to this day. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I remember liking the pads. Um, the glove took me a little bit of getting used to because I'm used to that giant Vaughn yeah. of mine. 
but I, I remember how comfortable that X-wing blocker was. It was there yeah. was just something about it. It was like, wow, I, I really like this thing. And, and yeah, again, the, the graphic was pretty darn cool too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I never when I came in there, I, uh, the X-wing was was already out. It had already mm-hmm. launched. <clears throat> the Prodigy was pretty much done. And uh, when I got there, they were just sort of, I guess, midway through the the RX nine series. Okay. Or the RX series, which had sort of that dragon tail going down the center. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was big at the time, and so I got to do. I got I came in sort of halfway through, so I did some of the more cosmetic stuff for that line because a lot of that had been, already been developed. But um, but uh, yeah, some wonderful memories. Great place to be. Yeah, that that's awesome. So when when we follow you on Instagram, we see you're working on your backyard rink right now. Is somebody yeah. who is about to put his own backyard rink up for the first time. Now the caveat is for the past few years, my neighbor has been putting it up okay. and I've helped him. Uh, but I've recently leveled out a part of my lawn that is more level than his. So it's going in my yard this year. Oh, uh, great. <laughs> uh, what kind of tips do you have for me as I look to uh, make it a little bit bigger and better? You know, one of the things I want to do is what you've been working on is the taller boards behind the net. Uh, what tips do you have for me? Sure. The biggest thing I learned, the biggest learning curve is keeping, uh, is finding a level, level ground. If you've got a level ground, the rest is butter because, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was three years ago. All I did is I took two by fours and I put them up, like I laid them on the ground, put them up on their high side. So you're four inches high. Yeah. And then I, I put my tarp down. Well, I put my tarp down first and I put my two by four on top and that was it. And then I, I let the rain do the rest and I filled it with a bit of water. I really only had four inches of ice, but that was enough for our kids and, and, and us, we had a lot of fun. So level ground is key. After that, if you've got level ground, it's completely up to you how big you want that thing to be. And, and uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, the larger it is, the more maintenance you got. But yep. I, I don't know about you, but to me on a cold winter night, I'd rather be out there misting that rink Mm-hmm. 35 below than being inside I, I love to be out there so yep yeah well we're gonna have a 30 by 60 rink and I actually wow. had a landscaper out with the uh, dingo making sure it was nice and flat and he's from up here so I told him what we were doing he goes all right we'll we'll make sure it's good that's a nice <laughs> size good for you yeah um that's and luckily great. that's the supplies that the neighbor has as well as for a 30 by 60 so awesome uh, yeah it's uh it, it's gonna be a labor of love we we have quite the hill in our backyard. So uh, for preparation, I had to build a four foot high, 68 foot long retaining wall to help cut into that slope. Uh, it's also why I've been on the IR for the last three weeks with the bad back. You're back. Oh, <laughs> um, well, I'm, hope, I'm hoping it was worth it, man, because I'm yeah. glad you did that. I'm glad you put the time in because you kids only got to do it once. Yeah. And, you know, my, my kids, uh, they're 12 and 13. They don't, neither of them play organized hockey. My son had the option, but here in Minnesota, there's no house league hockey. It's all travel hockey. And that okay. at his age, it's six to eight times a week. And oh, wow. he knows for him, that's too much. That's a lot. Yeah. He, he still loves to skate on the pond and everything. So wow. he'll probably be out on the backyard rink eight, you know, seven days a week, <laughs> but yeah. it's on his terms and not, sure. you know, we have to be, cross town in the middle of a snowstorm at this time right. or, or stuff like that. So that, that's, that's going to be really fun to just see the, the two of them out there together and becoming better skaters and, and playing yeah. the game because they love it. Not because I paid so much money for them to skate. 
<laughs> and they'll and they'll look back and they'll say, you know, my dad, he went out there, he did that for us, he invested all that time, and he froze his butt off. But you know, and they'll and they may do that for their kids. It's it's a nice tradition if you can if you can manage to do it with your kids. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, we were telling friends of ours we were putting the rink up this year, and their daughter's gonna play uh, high school hockey for the first time this year if they allow it to in the school district and they, you know, they go, God, that, that's a lot of maintenance and work. You know, we've done it years ago in the past with our older boy. And my wife looked at him and she goes, have you met Joe? Like <laughs> it, this isn't for the kids. This is for him. <laughs> right. There's some you know? pride in that, eh? getting that perfect ice. Oh yeah. It's, well, and I, I worked at a rink in high school and in college, I've put in ice sheets on, you know, larger rinks and painted the ice and everything else. And yeah, there, cool. there's pride in getting that down. And I was oh. a Zamboni driver in college and you, you better bet every time I resurfaced that ice before I turned around and shut those doors, I took a look and just, yep, that's a good sheet right there. <laughs> Can I tell you, man, I am super jealous. You drove a Zamboni. Tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, I went to a small division three college in okay. southeastern Minnesota, St. Mary's, and I worked our hockey camp every summer. Okay. And uh, the, the I think it was my second year. Yeah, my second year, the uh, coach called me toward the end of the school year and he goes, you know, I'd love you to work the camp again. He goes, but instead of being a counselor, uh, the boys camp lasted five weeks and then there was two weeks of girls camp. He goes, we need a Zamboni driver awesome. for the full Sign seven weeks. Yeah. He goes, it's just like every, you know, you still get to skate all night, every night with the guys after the kids go to bed and everything. He goes, you just don't do the stuff with the campers. I was like, well, that's fine. He said, can I still work with the goalies over lunchtime then? He's like, yeah, that'll work. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, I, I showed up uh, about a week or two early. And what was really fun is we had an old Zamboni. He was like 40 years old, didn't have the um, edger brush. And it was just, it actually had rust holes about this big in certain spots. Oh, wow. But it, I mean, they, they kept that thing working, but we got a brand new, I think it was the first generation electric Zamboni. Wow. So the first day it came, of course, Denny, the guy that kept our ice, just beautiful. Um, he got the first spin with the new Zamboni and then he took me and the other driver out to, to teach us. He's like, this is how it works. And oh. he just looked at us. He goes, don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, th there was no training with Denny. It was just, this is how it works. If you don't yeah. go too fast, you're not going to have any issues. It, it took a little getting used to. Um, sure. you'll, you'll appreciate this from the design standpoint. So if you look at the top of a Zamboni, there's those kind of ridges. Yep. Those are there on purpose. So oh, when you come know. around, so as I come around and the clean ice is to my left here, I can look off the side and line it up. But when I come around the other corner and it's on this side of me, I lined the clean and dirty spot up with one of those ridges. That, no way. That was one of those things. It's like, oh, that, that's actually kind of cool. Now on the Olympias, I don't know what they do to line them up. Okay. When they're not starting on fire. Um, but, uh, that, that's how they work on the Zambonis. And it, it oh. was, uh, it was really fun. And Denny was very particular of who he allowed to drive the Zamboni. So oh, when sure. the school year started and, you know, as a hockey player, I, I got to put in for where I wanted to work on campus and I put in for the ice rink and then he goes, good. Cause you're one of the two student workers that are allowed to drive the Zamboni. Very um, cool, man. 
So it worked out really nice with uh, hockey because the girls team always skated right after us and the student worker needed to clean the ice. Mm -hmm. I was the student worker that was technically on the clock at that time of day. (laughs) So I, as soon as the coach told us to line up on the goal line for sprints, I had to get off the ice to take off my pads and my skates and then sprint back to the Zamboni room and hop on the Zamboni with my chest protector still on with my breezer still on and what a, clean, what a memory man that's yeah, great. And clean the ice so that, that that was kind of fun that's awesome <laughs> yeah. thanks for sharing I I, I uh if, if there's one thing I'd love to do to, in terms of bucket list it's drive a Zamboni yeah it's it's um it's fun at first uh, after a while, it gets pretty repetitive, but I, I think <laughs> yeah. most Zamboni drivers, every time you go around and you see a little kid, you're like, yeah, this is kind of cool. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, cool. when we got that new Zamboni, though, we all wanted to take it. Uh, our school is up on a hill in the bluffs. We wanted okay. to take it down the hill and go through the uh, McDonald's drive through Oh, of and, course. And I knew one of the sheriff's deputies in town, so I know we wouldn't have gotten in trouble. Um <laughs> In fact, he probably would have given us the escort, but we weren't convinced that the Zamboni would make it back up the hill. <laughs> so that was the only reason we didn't do it. <laughs> um, right. So b- back to the backyard rink, how long have you been building it? Um, I mean, probably since the kids were little, I want to say, I mean, the rink is probably like the actual, like with the boards and everything, that's only three or four years. Mm-hmm. And then before that, um, it's, it's amazing. Our ditch, uh, every year, uh, we, we clean it off and the kids would skate on the ditch and our <laughs> ditch is, I mean, when they were little, it was perfect because the ditch would be no more than my table here, whatever mm-hmm. that is, three feet wide, four feet wide, but it'd be, it'd be the length of our property you know, it'd be almost an acre long or half an acre long. And yeah, so that's what they would skate on when they were young. And then, yeah, I'd say probably, uh, four, five, six years when, yeah, I, I did the old school way too. I, I tried it without the, the plastic or the tarp mm-hmm. down and, you know, walk out there with plywood packed down the snow. Uh, and then, then forget that, that just turned into yeah. a nightmare because the moment you got to thaw the whole thing shot. So yeah, um, I went, then I went the plastic route. So yeah, when my kids were real tiny, two, three years old, we lived in a uh, development where all the houses went around a pond and it was oh, a yeah. good sized yeah. pond. And one of the neighbors would plot, he had a plow on his four wheeler. He would plow almost a full size rink wow. before he would plow his driveway. And then he'd get his ice auger and he worked on the fire department. So he'd throw a pump down into the pond with a fire hose and missed it. It would, oh. always had great ice out there. And we had a few construction lights and, it was always fun yeah. when you get that quick freeze and the fish are still swimming below. And my kids are, you know, my son was two and he's just face down watching that's the fish. Fantastic. And, wow. But that's where they learned to skate when we lived in that old house. And that, that yeah. was fun. And I didn't have to do any of the upkeep, which was even better. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you're not playing hockey, when you're not keeping up the backyard brink, you know, is, is you've heard, in previous episodes, I like to find out what else fuels you and keeps you grounded away from hockey. So, you know, what are your other passions outside of hockey? I mean, obviously oh. the kids. Yeah. I mean, my kids are my, my family, my wife and kids are number one. I always make sure they're my priority. I try not to let work or anything get in the way of family. 
Um, but you know, when things quiet down and it's a quieter play, uh, home at night, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually looking for something to design. I, I really am. I'm on my laptop a lot. I draw a lot. Um, I'm also on Kijiji a lot. I love to hunt for, <laughs> for rusty gold and it's not always goalie equipment. Um, you know, since I was a kid, again, really small, I used to love collecting, uh, bottle caps cause I loved the old advertising. Mm-hmm. So bottle caps, I even collected as strange as it sounds, old rusty padlocks because they were just interesting. And yeah. old, I would take apart old clocks, like anything that was rusty or had gears or, or colors and advertising and graphics, whatever. I loved it. I would collect it. And, and uh, my dad was, was into that stuff too. I'd go to the dump regularly with him in the junkyards. I couldn't wait to get into the truck and go with him. And he would just let me go off and I would sort of grab things and bring them home and so I'm always sort of picking. Uh, I I have no shame, even garbage night. The odd night, I'll take a drive around, and uh, man, you should see the things people yep. throw. I got I got a, you know, the old school paper. I mean, they still make them, but the uh, the paper dispenser. You put a bucket and you get a newspaper out of yeah. it. Yeah, I found an old one. Um, it's in the garage, and my wife's like, "What are you going to do with that?" I said, "I don't know, but I can't throw it away." Look yeah, at it. It's I mean, cool. Who has one of these things? So anyway, I just I love old things and. I love junk. I love rusty gold. And <laughs> I'm always, I'm always looking, I'm always picking. Yeah. That's awesome. Now I, I want to be uh, mindful of time. Uh, sure. So one of the things I like to do to end each episode is a, a list of rapid fire questions. Oh um, boy. Okay. In, in this first one, you, you may not have an answer for um, because you didn't play much organized hockey as a kid, but uh, sure. you, you've been to enough games. You still might have one. What's the craziest coaching moment you've seen uh, in person? craziest coaching moment that's yeah that's a tough one I can't think of one I mean I've, I've played organized with refs yeah but coaches no I don't think I have one for that. <laughs> sorry they, man that that's all right uh g- give it time you know as okay. the kids get older and get into organized sports themselves yes. you might see one um yes. what's your favorite all-time goalie mask favorite all-time goalie mask yeah it could be the design all-time. it could just be the helmet itself too yeah that, that's tough so I, I love designs. I really do. Yeah. But uh, I, I am a fan of the all-white mask. I really am. And so I would say my favorite mask today is still uh, uh, Greg, Greg Harrison's uh, Mike Liu. That's probably still my, yeah. my all-time favorite. And uh, Michelle Dion with the long beak. I'm a big yeah. fan of that one too, yeah. Now, knowing that you like the all-white mask, you, you had to have really liked uh, Luongo's later mask there in Florida where it was kind of the white oh. on white. Did I ever? Did yeah. I ever? I'm all about simplicity. Yep. Um, I know some people like the busy. That's just not my preference. But, yep. but yeah, I loved it when he came up with that. And I think Jake Allen did that a um, few years ago in St. Louis. He had a kind of a cream color and then the, he had the blue note sort of a tone on tone. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. I, see, I grew up a Blackhawks fan in Chicago, so I, I don't like any of the St. Louis masks. I just can't. It's just, it's <laughs> I my, understand that. You know, it, it, some of them well. have been great designs, but I yeah. just can't like the mask. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get it. Um, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm still going to ask it. What's your favorite rink you've played at? The Hamilton Arena, now called the Dave Vanderchuk Arena, but that would okay. be my favorite one for sure. Still there today. I, I thought it was going to be your backyard rink. Oh, that's a, that's a close second. But I was in Hamilton this past summer to see my family, and I took a drive out to see the Mountain Arena. And, man, the, the nostalgia, the, the feelings I brought back as a kid, yeah, that's yep. still my favorite place. That's awesome. Uh, what's your favorite stick you've used? 
Favorite stick? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I am a bit biased because when I was at iTech, I, I used their sticks a lot. I used Bowers a lot. But you know which one I, I really like? Uh, and I've been using it for the past couple of years. It's by Paso, Paso Hockey. Okay. And uh, I've been using their their foam core. And uh, I love the foam core personally. So do I. I, I, I love them. Oh. You know, the, the composites are light. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, the early ones I didn't like because they just – they broke too easy. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They've they've done a lot with the uh, durability, but there's just something about the feel of that foam core. Maybe yeah. maybe it's because we grew up with wooden sticks. That could uh, be, yeah. You know, that where I just feel like the 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 feel of the puck on the foam core is just yeah more natural to me. Yeah. Do you like to play the puck? Uh, I like to, but I'm not good at it, so I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, you're you're humble. Yeah, that, yeah. that for me is is an art, and that's something we don't see much in the game yeah. anymore. But I love I love to play it, and I love to see goalies play the puck. Yep. Well, and you know, I, I grew up in a time where you know, for a goalie to play the puck, we had our glove down at the midsection. Of and, course, of you know, course. Some guys like John Casey actually turned it over, so his yes, was at the top. But yeah, that. I think if I grew up with the Turco curve, I'd be much better at it. Yeah. I use it now uh, and I'm better, but um, I just don't have the confidence. Yeah. Tur- <laughs> Turco was a master. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to skip the next one because it's your favorite youth hockey memory. Um, you know, but, well, I, I suppose I can ask because you, you played road hockey and everything like that. So there, yeah. there might be one from there. Actually, you know what? I would say my favorite memory as a kid. Would it? Oh man, I I would still say, as a as a young boy in the basement of my buddy's house, watching the old Oilers games and watching Grant Fuhr in his prime and mm-hmm. Gretzky, you know, and and Messier and Ranford and I mean McTavish, Curry, the list goes on. Those those memories in his basement watching those games that was special. You know, you mentioned Fuhr in his prime. One of my all time joys as a fan is I got tickets from a friend eight rows behind the visiting goaltender at the United Center in Chicago and Fuhrer was playing for St. Louis at the time Wow! and he was the goalie and it was just I went with my dad and I just sat there watching him play yeah. at the other end and oh. I'm sitting there I'm watching his feet and his skates and I'm watching what he you know what's he paying attention to and the pucks at the other end yeah and that then the next game, I got the same tickets for the very next home game, and it was Patrick Waugh. Oh, I was like, what a great week. Uh, and a, wow. You know, and the, the only reason I got them from my friend is her dad had gotten them from work, and they didn't know any hockey fans. And so they're like, here you go. You know, I'm not, sure. not going to use them. I was like, nice. Isn't <laughs> so, that funny when you go to games, eh? Like, it sounds like you're the same. You end up watching the goal. Like, I, I yeah. Very rarely will I watch the play. I just, I'm mesmerized and I am just watching to see what the goalie's going to do. Yeah. You know, and I, a lot of times when I go to games, I like to sit up in the 300 level. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because as a player and playing at the level I did, I understand systems. Yeah. And I like to watch the game to see the systems going on from the high level versus down at the, yeah, down ice level is great. But when you're up high, you see the systems, you can identify them. And yes, uh, my dad never played and, you know, we'll go to games and he'll, you know, what are you seeing? Well, they're running an umbrella. What do you mean? And I'll I'll explain it to him. And it's, to me, that's just fun. Um, So this is one that's been fun um, to ask folks is what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice 
or off the ice. Sometimes oh, it's in man. the locker room too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you uh, the, the, the best and the worst one I got, and I'm trying to think of the player's name now, and it's escaping me. My memory these days has just been brutal. But um, I played in a, in a, um, uh, a charity tournament uh, a couple of years ago, and whoever raised the most funds got to play in the alumni game. So it was a, it was a blitz of a, of, of a, of a series of games you'd play. So we mm-hmm. played a ton. We played all day. We, no, not, it was like a Friday night. We played two or three games starting like in the afternoon and then went right into Saturday morning and we played and played and we won. We actually won the whole thing. It was, it was awesome. It was like winning yeah. the cup. I mean, you've been there right when you win a tournament, yeah. it's a big deal. And, and uh, so anyways, we, I raised the most funds as well, or I was up, you know, with, with a number of other guys who raised the most. So I got to play net and uh, play in the alumni game. And it was uh, alumni sends against alumni Leafs. And I'm, I'm out there and I'm dog tired, right? This is a day and a half of <laughs> yeah. just, you know, I, I don't know how much weight I lost, but I was just dog, dog tired. And I get out there. There's Wendell Clark. <laughs> no, there's Laurie Boschman. Uh, Pascal Leclerc he used to be a goalie for the yeah. Sens. Well, he's playing out. So there's all these guys that I reckon super nervous. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, oh, it's uh, Jim Kite. Is that his name? Jim Kite. He was played for the Jets, I believe. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Kite. Anyway, yeah, that's his name. Anyways, he's playing in front of me. He's my defenseman. And um, I was terrible. Like, so I was on the, on the alumni sends and against the alumni Leafs and they are lighting me up because I have just, I'm just done. And their passing was just bang on. And, and Jim Kite comes up to me and he looks, he comes right up to my, to my, to my mask. And he, he gives me this serious look. He's like, are you okay? Is everything going all right? And, <laughs> and he's serious. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing all right. I'm doing terrible. But I was so intimidated. because I think he was kind of saying, listen, man, you got to step up your game here. We got to try to win this. Well, wouldn't you know, I think it was like the next shift. Wendell's on a, uh, a two on. No, it was a, it was a two on. Oh, two on. Oh. And of, of course I'm coming out, cut down my angle, play the shooter. Well, so they're doing this back and forth, back and yeah. forth. And I got nothing left. Tank is empty. Well, I go down to stack the pads because I am just, I got nothing left. Well, he goes down, he goes around me, and he just makes me look like a complete fool. And I, I just felt ridiculous. And so I know that doesn't, that's, uh, the trip was from Jim Kite. <laughs> that, just, uh, he that's wasn't great. Impressed. He, but, he wasn't you know, happy with how I was playing. What I love about most of the answers is none of them are vulgar or mean. No, They're no. just like these random, like, yeah. No, yeah, I'm not okay. It's isn't yeah, it obvious? Is everything okay? Like, pull <laughs> up your socks, man. We got to try to win this. And yeah. Anyways, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a great tournament. Yeah. So, what is the worst post game beer you've had? The worst what? Post game beer. Post game year? Beer. Barley oh. pop. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's something crazy. This is maybe one you you've never heard. So, I quit drinking in the late '90s. So I, I used to have, no, it was early 2000s. I used to have a, a drinking problem. Okay. And, and I cut booze out of my life and Good smoking and a lot of other bad habits. So, uh, no, when I got into playing regularly, I had just gotten rid of that. And, yeah. um, uh, but I've been to a lot of games where the, the, the pop was in the room. But, no, I, um, by, by that time, I, I was done with that. So. Well, good for you. Yeah. Kudos. 
Yeah. Um, that's not easy for a lot of guys, especially to be around it. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was tough. It had, I had my tough moments, but uh, I'm glad I was able to get past that. So good for you. Um, when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? When I tape my stick, I go from toe to heel. What is there a reason? Um, no, I, it's when I got the stick upside down, it's the highest point. I started at the highest point and worked my way down, I guess. I never well, then, really thought of it. Yeah. There you go. That That's the reason. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite number to wear? I'm, uh, I'm 31. All right. Is there a reason for it or you just like it? You know, I, I loved Fuhr. Okay. Um, also a huge Cujo fan. I loved Cujo. I, st- I still am a super big Cujo fan. And, and that number for me was, um, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it probably started with fear and, and Cujo and never, never lost it. Yeah. I, I, I never appreciated Cujo in his playing days because of where he started, uh, <laughs> being a, being a blue Lewis. Yes. Uh, but, um, I, I have great admiration for him after reading oh. his book and I, you know, Joking aside, when you when I watched some of his games when he was in Edmonton, God, he had some great games oh uh, my back goodness. then. That that one playoff series, that save where he dives across with the paddles, still etched in my mind against uh, Joe Newendike. Yeah, yes. that was. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was on Curtis Joseph's birthday in April. Yes, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, so. it was the 17th or the whatever somewhere yes. in there. Yes. He, so he was he was off. I got to see him, um, uh, well, not a lot, but whenever uh, the Battle of Ontario, so the Sens and the yep. Leafs used to have some great rivalries back in the day. And I used to, I was fortunate to see him play a number of times and just a tremendous athlete. So exciting to watch. And he's a great human being too. He's a wonderful person. Yeah. So last question, what advice do you have for young goaltenders? What advice for young goaltenders? Well, I think, uh, you know, the game's changed a lot. You know, you know, you and I are probably close in age. The game has yep. changed a lot in the past 20, 25, 30 years. And um, I, I would say as long as you are in that crease and having an absolute blast and just enjoying every time you get to make a save, um, and, and I'd say the biggest advice is don't be hard on yourself. I would yep. say that. That'd be my biggest uh, Yeah. Because goalies are hard on – we can be hard on ourselves. We're our own worst critics. And and uh, you just got to shake it off and work uh, work hard. And um, But, yeah, don't don't be hard on yourself. Just have fun. That That's awesome. So, Matt, I want to thank you for your time. This has been awesome. As uh, I said in some of the texts going back and forth, I have a feeling this is the first of multiple conversations. Sure. Uh, where, can, where can folks find you online? Uh, and I will put those links in the show notes too. Oh yeah, so I I think Instagram is probably the one I most uh, I most active on. If anyone wants to message me, they can message me th- through direct message on Instagram, and I'll do my best to get back to you as, as soon as I can. And uh, but no, thank you, Joe, for this really uh, really well done uh, podcast. In the past few years, have really grown, and and I I really enjoy them. And so good on you to do this, and thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Talking to Matt was like talking to an old teammate I hadn't seen in a while. I know he and I will be exchanging messages about our backyard ice rinks this winter. You can find Matt and his Vintage Goalie brand on Instagram at VintageGoalie14 and on Twitter at VintageGoalie, 
All one word, no spaces. You can find them on Facebook by searching Vintage Goalie, and be sure to visit vintagegoalie.ca for some great Vintage Goalie branded merchandise too. I know that's where I got my hat and t-shirt from. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching Washed Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and all podcast episodes. I need to give a big thank you to the hockey band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes and listen to on Amazon Music or wherever else you stream your music from. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you're a goalie or have connections to a goalie, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you are a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Mm-hmm.